Okay, so I'm here at the church on Easter morning, and there's nobody here. This is the weirdest thing ever. Hey, Chris, Chris. Happy Easter! What, what are you doing? It's Easter. Yeah. Yeah. What in the world is going on? He's is... risen, that's what's happened. Yeah, but what's going on here? Oh, we're doing church online still. Quarantine, we're, we're on lockdown, remember? Still. Is that a, is that a tape measure? Uh, yes, yes it is. Six feet distance, you, you gotta remain six feet away from me. This is ridiculous, no, so. it's the CDC guidelines, it's not ridiculous, it's, it's the rule. So is Easter just canceled? Like No, Easter's not canceled. If we're still having Easter, like we're doing worship. Do you hear them? Like they're in there. What? In there right now? Yeah, we actually need to go. Huh. Let's check this out. Whoa! Oh, people are in here. People! Oh. I love people. Oh my goodness, my oh man. My goodness. I haven't seen you since Christmas and you have not shaved. My gosh. It's my friends. This I haven't is... seen these guys since K-Baby. Wow. Oh. Dude, dude, wow. what's your thing? Six feet. What? Oh, no, they're stuffed animals. It doesn't apply to them. Huh. Well, anyways, uh, you want to do this worship thing? Oh, absolutely. Hey, in all seriousness, it is Easter. He is risen. We're so excited to be worshiping with you guys today. And uh, so let's stand up, yeah? It's Easter time, Easter. people. Let's On your this. feet, let's worship the risen Lord. One, two. Yeah. 
Buddy Goody.
Amen. He is great indeed. I've been thinking about you guys this week. I've been thinking about how different everything is in the corona reality that we are all currently enjoying. It's changed the way we do church. It's changed the way we do school and work. It's changing a lot. Um, it's really changed how we do church. There's a stuffed gorilla in the back row, and uh, the rest of you are not here. Um, and so I don't know if you're there out there in your homes thinking, man, this is just, it's not the same. It's not the same. And you're right. It's not. It's different. It's not the same. Uh, but it got me reflecting on uh, things that are the same. And this week, uh, I'll tell you what is unchanged, what is the same, is the death, resurrection, and glory of Jesus Christ as we celebrate this Easter weekend. Um, it's the same Jesus who showed himself to his disciples and to the people that loved him. He comforted them. He taught them. And then it's the same Jesus that ascended to heaven and now sits at the right hand of the Father, um, intervening on our behalf and sending his Holy Spirit to us and indwelling us and continually drawing us near. It's the same Jesus that sits on the throne today and calls us out from our living rooms, from our kitchens, wherever you are. It's the same Jesus. Happy Easter to you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's sing a song about it that we learned a little bit ago. It goes like this.
that we get to worship with you guys this this Easter morning. And uh, it wouldn't be ABF. You know, we love to celebrate crazy with Easter. It wouldn't be ABF if we didn't do anything crazy this morning. Right, Josh? Obviously got to have some confetti. So here's what we're going to do, people. Even at home, on the count of three, we're all going to yell, he is risen. He and is then risen. celebrate like nothing else. Get your confetti ready. Get excited. Here we go. It's are time we, to go. Are we ready? Are we ready to do this? I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm ready. On three. Three, two, one. was so much fun. I've always wanted to launch a confetti cannon. Well, you know, we've been uh, spending so much time uh, at home. I've just had some takeaways that I thought it would be important to share. And I know you're distracted because you're seeing the quarantine beard right here. Yeah, I've been growing it for a month. That's how long it took. But I've learned a couple other things during this quarantine time. Uh, I've learned that my wife can repurpose just about any food multiple times. Those meatballs have been repurposed so many different times. I've also learned that, quite frankly, you know, walking is fun, but it's kind of boring, and it'll never replace golf or racquetball, for that matter. 
And then thirdly, you know, one of the things that I love to do is just spend time with people. And I know that for a lot of us, we miss being together. And so there'll be a day that we'll be able to do that. And so I hope you're having just a great morning as we are gathering for worship today. Now, I've just got three things I want to tell you about. The first is our sidewalk chalk challenge. What is that? Kids, this is your chance to be creative. Draw inspiring things on the sidewalk, on your driveway. Uh, Give a tribute or a shout out to someone who's working in our community. You can do artwork on paper and then take a picture of it. But then whatever you do, let's encourage those who are going to be walking by your houses. Take that picture of what you drew or what you created and send it to Adrian. And we'll see that next week. Secondly, you guys have been so gracious and so generous in your giving. And so would you just be uh, reminded that the two easiest ways to give is give online or just put a check in the mail. Thank you so much. And then lastly, our meal uh, program tomorrow. So many of you responded. Uh, We have all the lunches that we could possibly use. Thank you for meeting that challenge. But they have plenty of needs still to bring those uh, uh, non-perishable items. And so you can bring those by from one to two at Holy Trinity Church, and that'll be uh, the kinds of things they can keep giving out in the community all week long. Well, I want to take a time and just thank the Lord for what's going on here and uh, pray right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you that this is Resurrection Sunday, and we're grateful for the generosity of this church and the way they reach out to their neighbors and friends and care for one another. And so now we look forward to what you're going to continue to do as we continue to worship, as we look at your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, church family, and happy Easter. In the last 53 years of ABF's existence, there has not been an Easter where we didn't gather. This is definitely a unique time for our church. But as you consider this, the object of our worship does not change based on where we are viewing this service. In fact, the church has never been about a building, but it's about a community of believers, of followers of Jesus Christ that are wanting to serve and love him. So in light of that, we still gather in spirit, even though we're not together physically, we still gather to wrap our minds around the moment that changed everything for all of us who believe. No matter how many times you've spent time studying the resurrection story, it's always something fresh and something new based on your current circumstances. This year, I found that the study in Mark chapter 16, I was both encouraged and challenged a bit on my anxiety and things that I was going through related to our current quarantine. So this is a time for us to come together, and I'm praying for God to do a work through the study of his word. So if you wouldn't mind joining me in prayer right now. Lord Jesus, we invite you to speak to us through this section of scripture. We believe every time we look at your resurrection, we find new hope, new purpose, and new meaning in our life. God, we ask that you would encourage those that need to be encouraged. We ask that you would calm those who need to be calmed that you challenge us that need to be challenged, God, that you do the work that only you can do behind the scenes. We invite that now in the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
So I would love to invite you to turn to Mark chapter 16 uh, in your Bibles. And this week, uh, we're not going to be doing any type of a competition, uh, just in light of the uh, chaos that it caused in our homes last week. Our, our three junior high kids got a bit intense, in fact, in that competition. I've never seen them so excited about finding a Bible verse. So thank you for that, Josh. For the sake of unity amongst our, within our homes, I'm going to go ahead and read this section of Scripture on my own. Verse 1 says this, When the Sabbath, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might, might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. So who's coming to the tomb? We see basically three ladies mentioned. First, Mary Magdalene, who's had her life deeply impacted by Jesus. We also see Jesus' own mother, Mary, that's there, as you would probably guess. And then another disciple that we don't know much about, her name is Salome, that was also there. When you're reading about this, they're showing, uh, wanting to come and show honor for someone that they deeply love. We're told that they bought spices. I heard one pastor describe them as the original Spice Girls. But as the, I don't know if there's anyone that reads this and reads it like I do and wonders this question, where is everyone else at? Where are all the disciples? This was, in fact, the morning of the third day, wasn't it? I heard Andy Stanley mention this, and I've wrestled with it as well. Where was the countdown outside of the tomb? Where was the 10, 9, 8, 7, 6? Where was that countdown in anticipation of him coming back to life? Didn't any of them reflect on Jesus' teaching? He was very specific about how things were going to play out in the exact time in which it was going to happen. In Mark chapter 8, verse 31 says, He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. Again, Mark 9, 31. For he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. And when he is killed after three days, he will rise, Mark 10, 34, again. And they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. 21 different verses in the Gospels where Jesus prophesied his own resurrection. Even as recent as the Last Supper with his disciples just two days early. So again, the question is, why no crowd? Let's be honest about the why. Nobody expected Jesus to do what he promised. Everyone assumed that he would do the same thing that everyone else does when they die, stay dead. But as we're about to see, he didn't. He conquers the grave. If you think about it, though, this encounter with a risen Jesus should be the end of any doubt about Jesus's promises for all time. If he can overcome death, what more proof do we need that we can trust him and lean into him? But how quickly we tend to go towards doubt, if we're honest. Doubt about his provision. Doubt about his protection. Doubt about his promise to work everything out for the good of those who are following him. My question for you is, how is your trust faring during this period of isolation? How are you doing with your trust? 
I'll be honest, I can't say I've always done great. As the lead pastor of the church, one of the anxieties or weights that I carry is making sure that all of the staff that work here and families that count on the provision of this as their job or occupation are, make, are, are taken care of. And I was wondering in the last month, what is this going to look like as far as, as giving and being able to provide for those needs? But it's been so awesome seeing God remind me of his faithfulness through your faithfulness. God had to teach me a bit about that. So I asked the same question that I asked myself. What does Jesus need to do in order to gain your trust? Honestly, what? How many times does he need to come through in your life before you start to say, hey, he's got this. He's going to take care of this. Maybe Easter 2020 needs to be a fresh release of your trust back to him. Or maybe you need to personalize this a little bit more and ask, what do I need to turn over my trust to him with? Let's continue in the text to see what they had to trust Jesus with. It says, and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. As these three faithful ladies are heading to the tomb that early morning, they were all plagued with the exact same question. You see it there in the text. Who's going to move, roll this stone away? We see in the text that Jesus' tomb was sealed with, what does it say? A very large stone. Jesus' body would have been placed in what would have been similar to kind of a small cave with a small entrance, and they decided to move a large stone to be protecting that. We don't know if that was determined by the Roman guards that were entrusted, but either way, this stone would have been protected it from being a grave robber or maybe even keeping animals out. Either way, stones were used in that day and age to seal a tomb and not easily moved. But I love the faith that these ladies demonstrate that even though they knew that even working together, they couldn't move it, they still keep marching on towards the tomb. They kept following their, their calling of what they have felt led to do, bringing the spices to honor Jesus Christ. I think there's something that they discovered upon arrival that's something we could learn from. They, upon arrival, they realized that while they were walking, God was working. I'll repeat that again because I think that needs to sink in in some of our circumstances right now. While we are walking, he is working. Some of us need that reminder in our current circumstances. What will my employment look like on the other side of this? God is working. Other of us wrestle with this question. How will I pay my rent or mortgage this month? God is working. How will our country rebound from this? God is working. How can we stop a virus that lies dormant for so long? God is working. How can I keep from strangling my kids? God is working. If you're in a group, maybe say that to the person next to you on the couch, or if you're watching this alone, say it out loud. God is working. It's important for us to hold to that. Just keep faithful to your calling, even when the solutions 
are still pending. Don't submit to the anxiety and fear that everyone around us is submitting to. Easter is the reminder that only he can move these stones away. And if you think about it, the stone being moved away was not the only miracle. In fact, that was the minor miracle happening that morning. Other gospel accounts point point to the fact that this young man that was sitting there and dressed in white was actually an angel that was announcing this amazing news. It says, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. See, Jesus had not just overcome a stone. He had overcome death itself and given us the ultimate trustworthiness that he can overcome anything. He charges us then, the, the, the angel does, to pass on the good news. Verse seven, but go, tell the disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. Remember, that's specifically what Jesus had told them before. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. If your home is like ours, this is definitely a season where we're watching more movies than usual. And I don't know if you have similar parameters in our house, but Adrian specifically is not interested in watching any movie that she doesn't know for sure is going to have a happy ending, a nice bow tied on the top of it. I tease her because that ends up leading us to a lot of hallmark in our home. So often these stories, I come in in the middle of them, I'll, I'll tease her a little bit. I, wow, I wonder if that couple's going to overcome obstacles and end up together. Yeah, probably so. But here, Mark, our author, is not necessarily a hallmark guy. In fact, Mark is believed to be the, the first author or the first one giving the account of the resurrection. He's the first one writing about it. But it's interesting that we see, maybe you see it there in your notes, a little asterisk, that these, this section, verses 9 through 20, is not found in the oldest manuscripts. So what does that mean? The general consensus by theologians is that that was added by second century scribes that were wanting to make sure that the story was complete, that it was an addition. The general consensus among theologians is that these verses were added by second century scribes wanting to complete the account and possibly missing the author's intent. No doctrinal truth is altered there by whether it's included or not because it's really just a recap in those final verses of things told in the other gospel messages. But you gotta wonder if it was left off in verse eight where Mark intended for it to be left. Look how it ends. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. The end. Is that really the end of the story? You're like, I can't, it can't end like this. Where's the nice bow on it? Hallmark, help. Here in this account, maybe you needed verse 20. You can see why the scribes would have wanted to add some kind of a bow on it. The end of the chapter, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. But maybe Mark intended for it to be left off in verse 8 not necessarily with a victory story, left with Jesus' own mother dropping the ball, reminding us 
that failure is not the end of the story. This ending holds promise that God is still at work. He's still going to get the gospel message out one way or another. And he chooses to use unlikely people like us. In fact, Mark's letter itself is proof that the message did go out. So maybe this chapter in Mark is more like one of those choose-your-own-ending stories where we get to determine what verse 9 says. Verse 9 is up to you and I. Who will tell his story? Because we've missed opportunities in the past doesn't mean that our story is finished. I love that about sharing our faith that every day is a new opportunity to proclaim and tell the story of Jesus Christ. Even in this quarantine, we have opportunities to take advantage of that. This past Wednesday, we had an online person get a hold of my email and send emails to the rest of the staff as if it was coming from me. It was kind of a phishing email, if you will. It was pretty blatant right out of the gates. And uh, we discovered it and pointed it out. And nobody thought to respond to this person except for our office manager, Stephanie. She ended up writing the guy or the, the person that was sending this message. And I love her response. This was an example of seizing the moment. She said, we all know that this is someone forging Pastor Scott's name. It's illegal what you're doing, and we will be sending in your email to the police for phishing. Please stop what you're doing. That would be expected. But then she goes on. On another note, since you have tried to hack and get information from a church, I would like to extend an offer to you. I don't know your walk with God, but maybe you're searching for something that continues to be empty and void of meaning. Whoever you are, you should know that there is a loving God who is pursuing and chasing after you. He desires a relationship with you. This God is fighting for you and wants you to know how much he loves you. He did this by sending his own son, Jesus, who walked on this earth and died a cruel death so that our sin was covered and paid for. He not only died, but conquered death. And three days after, he rose again. Thousands of people saw this. It's not just a story, but a historical fact. Please know that knowing Jesus is a free gift. All you have to do is call out and receive it. All you have to do is call out and receive it. Your forever could be changed. You can find your identity in Jesus from this point on. You don't need to pretend to be anyone else. I hope you have a fantastic Easter. Know you are truly loved. I mean loved like crazy by a God who knows you by name. I was reading that, I was like, wow, that wasn't anything at all what I wanted to say to the person. But either way, I love the taking advantage of every opportunity. There's so many people online right now, whether they're trying to scam you or whatever they're trying to pass on, we can take advantage of opportunities that are out there. I believe this Easter message has really, if you think about it, this section of scripture has something for each of us. Some of us, the first group I'd point to, have kept Jesus at a distance for so long. He's been pursuing you. Even watching this video demonstrates his ongoing pursuit in your life. My question for you, I've mentioned it earlier, what more does he have to do to earn your trust? He came and lived and died for you for your rescue, absorbing the penalty for your sin on the cross, conquering it and providing a way back to relationship with you. So what if Easter 2020, you actually stopped resisting? 
actually stop putting off this decision? What if even, even in these moments as I'm speaking, you called out to him for your rescue? The opportunity is there. This is the biggest decision that someone can ever make in their life. It impacts their, their eternity. When I think about why I became a pastor, really it's this message that we proclaim here is the reason for it because it's a life-altering, eternity-altering choice. So if that's where you're at as you're watching this, whether it's around Easter or maybe you're watching this video much later than that, I want to invite you to pray with me even in these moments, calling out to him, maybe even repeating after these words. Jesus, I acknowledge my sin. I believe you're the Messiah that came for my rescue. You died, you're buried, and rose again. I embrace that free gift, and I turn my life over to you. I want you to lead from here on out. I submit myself to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. That decision, that prayer, that calling out to him can redirect everything. It can change everything from here moving out. I want to put just on the screen just for you to see, I wanted to put my cell phone number. This is an invitation, whether you're watching this at Easter or much later, another point. Text me. I would love to hear if you made that decision. I'd love to hear if you had questions about that decision. Either way, I want to celebrate with you, maybe even suggest some next steps for you. Take advantage of that. For others that are maybe listening to this service, you're like, well, I've actually made that decision. I've embraced Jesus Christ. Maybe for you, the part that the Lord needed to speak to you about was that piece about the stone. There's something that you've been holding on to, something that you've been clinging to, that you're anxious about, that's consuming your thoughts, that you need to turn over to him, that you need to release, you need to let go and let him take care of it. In Christ, there's no fear, there's no anxiety. So the invitation for you is to just be quiet in these moments, to consider, is it, is it your finances? Is it fear over health? Is it anxiety about the future? I don't know for you what, where you're at, but this might be a fresh invitation for you to turn it over to him and release that weight and burden here now. The last group is maybe the person that the last section was speaking to. You've been on the sidelines. You know it would be good if you started sharing more about the message of Jesus Christ, but you've never actually taken any steps towards this. Maybe this is the new resolve coming out of Easter. I'm gonna be a lot more intentional about finishing verse nine, about completing the story, about choosing my own ending by my choices in the weeks to come. People are so interested right now. People are asking some of those big questions. My dad passed on a, a text to me, uh, actually just today, he was telling me that Bible sales are up 143% compared to the same period last year. I would say that we've peaked their interest. So for us, the invitation, maybe it's to, to do something online. Maybe it's a, a post on Facebook. Maybe it's a, a post on Instagram, something proclaiming who Jesus Christ, what he means to you in your life. Or maybe it's even a little bit more bold. I would even hope that you might move towards this. Maybe it's a phone call that you need to make. Somebody that you know that's been wrestling through all of this faith stuff. Maybe you can help them connect some dots going into the week ahead. 
I believe that there's something for each one of us, and hopefully you've been encouraged by this study, just a brief study in the book of Mark, chapter 16. And it, I hope that there's something that you can take away from this, something that you can apply to your life moving forward. And if you haven't found something, I would suggest listen again. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this chance to be together and this opportunity to center our celebration around your resurrection. It is worthy of celebrating and it changes everything. God, I pray for each person listening that's maybe been wrestling through a response. I pray specifically for the person that's been on the line with their faith, God, that you would just do a work, pull down layers, God, draw them to yourself. We celebrate even with folks that may have made that decision here today. God, in response to some of the things that we're dealing with, I want to specifically pray for those that are sick and dealing with this COVID thing here during this stretch, God, that you would meet them in their place of need, that you would be the divine healer. I pray that the results of some of the, the fears and projections about this, it would be much smaller than we had originally thought, God. I pray that you would intervene in folks' health. I pray too for people's finances and their situation with jobs, God, that you'd meet needs, that you'd be the great provider. God, we thank you that you can do that, that you can work behind the scenes. I pray for protection for people that are on the front lines, God, that are dealing with this, God, that you would meet them, that you'd encourage them, that you'd protect them. And uh, bigger than all of this, though, God, I ask that you would do an amazing work through this, drawing people to yourself. We pray that you'd make yourself irresistible in our culture right now. That you draw people, as people start to realize that there's nothing else that they can cling to, that they'd eventually come to you. God, we thank you again in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Will you sing with us?
Happy Easter again. We pray that this is an amazing time for you to celebrate the risen Lord. Just know that we love you. We miss you. Any way we can serve you, feel free to let us know. God bless you.